All right, here we go again. Week number six of the Softy Hawk Blogger podcast. Why? I, I have no idea because both of us are bored out of our minds. That's why. And because we're both frustrated Seahawks fans right now who really need each other's comfort to get through these difficult times. Uh, and we do it together. Brian, how are you, pal? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I was pretty bummed out about Sunday. You know, you and I were texting on Sunday night about the game, and uh, you made the point to say that was one of the worst Seahawks losses you've ever been a part of. Uh, And when you consider the expectations and uh, the amount of talent the Hawks have on their football team right now, uh, I'm not sure if I can blame you. I mean, longtime Seahawks fans remember some beatings, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. But, boy, that was tough to watch on Sunday, pal, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I mean – God, I, I cannot remember a game where the highs have been that high and the, the low is that low. It, it um, uh, It's a shame um, because literally after three quarters, I'm sitting there thinking the headline for my article and, and uh, talking about how much credit this coaching staff should get for what they accomplished in a week and the players. But I mean, to see that all frittered away um, is really is really a shame. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it because I think during the second and third quarter, especially maybe during the third and the early part of the fourth quarter, you thought, man, th- this is a season-changing victory. They got their swagger back. Uh, people are going to be talking about the Seahawks as uh, returning to that dominant form they had a year ago. Not that it matters what people say in week five, but I think fans felt really good about where this football team was at in the third and fourth quarter, at least early on, and then everything goes to hell in a hand bucket, and I, I don't know who to blame. I mean, look, I mean, I keep hearing all these conversations about is it the offense, is it the defense, and I know that it's not the job of a talk show host to ride the fence, but I, I just keep coming back to the same damn answer, which is I blame both pretty damn equally, to be honest with you. Yeah, and there's numbers to back that up. Um, you know, I uh, I wrote on Monday, um, I'll, I'll pull these stats up for you because I think you'll, you'll always appreciate it in numbers. Yep. But, um, you know, the Seahawks have caused 107 turnovers since 2012. Only nine of those have come when they were, you know, leading by seven or less, um, you know, like in the fourth quarter. So they are not a team that's, that's, that's actually – finishing in that way and I think one of the things there's a couple other things here I'll throw out there um and three of those nine came in the NFC championship against the 49ers Mm. um only nine of the Seahawks 139 sacks since 2012 have come in the fourth quarter when they're protecting the lead um those nine sacks came in eight different games and the Seahawks won seven of them so basically the story there is they could just get a play they can make a play they win those games and um in the defense People want to make it out like this is a new trend, but this was a problem in 2012 with Pete Carroll's defense. Yep. Um, it was it was even a problem at times in 2013. Definitely, you know, had some issues in 2014. So the defense has struggled in the fourth quarter of, of games. And then uh, I think one of the things that's really killed them this year is fourth quarter offense. So um, if you go back, the Seahawks were tenth in the NFL in fourth quarter scoring in 2012. They were um, uh, 10th in fourth quarter scoring in 2013. They were fourth in fourth fourth quarter scoring last year. They are, you want to take a guess? Uh, I'll go 20th. They're 28th in the NFL in fourth quarter scoring. And, And if my research is right, which it often is not, so take it for what it is, 
they have not scored on offense in the fourth quarter this year when leading. Wow. So if, if you want to talk about finishing, that's how you do it. <laughs> you add on, you continue to score. And so, uh, you know, it is it, the biggest difference, I would say, this year versus the past few years is the offense and the offense's inability to close it down. Um, and maybe Marshawn's absence has something to do with that. Maybe the Jimmy Graham experiment has something to do with that. Who knows? Yeah. But they're not functioning the same way. Let me go back to those numbers again just so I have them right because uh, I want to bring them up with Holmgren on the air today. Tenth and fourth quarter scoring in 2012. Tenth and 13. Where were they last year? Fourth. And they're where now? 28. Okay, yeah. Well, and what you're saying is that they'll they'll get the lead in the fourth quarter, but they won't score again once they have the lead and really bury somebody and uh, put their foot on their throat. Uh, yeah, that's concerning. I mean, it's concerning that the Seahawks have uh, five of the last seven games given up a fourth quarter lead, uh, and they've only won one of those games, and that was the Packer game, lost to the Patriots, lost to the Rams, lost to Green Bay, and lost now to Cincinnati. Uh, and it really is an issue, and it really is concerning because – you know, Pete Carroll, I think, gets a little irritated when people bring up the slow start. You know, why is this team starting so slow offensively in the first quarter? And then he'll respond with, well, it's the old cliche. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Okay, that's fine if you finish. But now they're not finishing. And you you mentioned it yourself, you know, 2012. And it was the, the Lion game, the Dolphin game, when Leon Washington had that, re, had that return for the touchdown to tie it at 21. And the Hawks give the lead right back. The Falcon game. It just feels like that there are some old demons that are coming back to bite these guys in the ass right now, pal. And I don't like watching it. No, absolutely. Even the Chicago game um, that they came back and won in overtime, they gave up the lead there. The Packer game, the NFC Championship, they came back and they took the lead and then they gave it up again and had to win in overtime. Like, this is not new. Um, and I, I think what it does, Softy, is it puts a real spotlight on you know, mistakes that otherwise get glossed over. I mean, you can't have a communication breakdown twice in the red zone and give up two touchdowns on the same friggin' play. And you can't, if you're Russell Wilson, you know, uh, throw an interception in the red zone. Um, you can't, if you're Russell Wilson, decide within a split second to start running the ball instead of seeing a wide-open Tyler Lockett for what would have been an easy game-winning touchdown in overtime. Um, these are mistakes that maybe they could overcome before because they were so much more talented than any other team they played. Yeah. That's just not the case anymore. No doubt. And then obviously, uh, you know, look, you got, you got problems on third and short in that game against Cincinnati. You know, we talked about these numbers all week long, one for seven on third down on the last six drives of the game. One, two, three, four, five of them were third and four or less, and they only convert on one of those five. Uh, isn't that why you went out and got a guy like number 88 to put him in the slot or put him on the edge and get those two yards against a five foot ten corner? Isn't that why you brought the guy in? Well, yeah, and, and you also have a guy in number 89 who has literally not dropped a catchable pass thrown his way all year mm -hmm. and pretty much is a first down maker. So it's not like they're limited in options. And, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, this, that Russell has to shoulder. I mean, he has to be the guy that's making the right decisions. And I think there was some evidence that he really had prepared 
uh, for this week's game. The way he was commanding the line, the way he was making changes, um, the way that the Bengals had trouble getting pressure on him and that he was getting rid of the ball. And he seemed to wither a little bit in, that, in the end of the game. And, and um, that's not the Russell Wilson that, that we've come to know and love. Yeah. So, you know, look, I don't want it to be all doom and gloom. You can flip that stat around that you gave and say the Seahawks have been ahead in every game. Right. In the fourth quarter. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, but if you're not finishing, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, smartass here. But if you're not finishing, then who cares? I mean, obviously, it's a sign that hey, this team still has the skill, they still have the talent to get it done. Whatever reason, they're just not closing the deal. And you know, I mean, look, that was obviously a key a year ago in some of those tight games they played where they did get the lead and they did hang on to it. But to me, that pisses me off even more that these guys have been in the fourth quarter. They haven't lost a game by more than 10 points in 70 games going back to that Bengal game in 2011. So you said it yourself on uh, the text you sent to me Sunday night. I would have rather gotten my ass kicked in that game than lost that way against the Bengals. Yeah, I, I, that was my question to myself. You know, I couldn't quite decide. Honestly, I was braced. I'd watched a lot of that Bengals team's game, you know, every play pretty much of the season so far. That was a, a team playing extremely well. Their offense was clicking. Dalton was getting rid of the ball fast. Their running backs are talented. Their offensive line is great. Their defensive line is great. Like, they have a lot going for them, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. And I felt like it was way too much to ask of the Seahawks' offensive line to be able to go in there and play well enough to win that game. Yeah. Um, and so to see them go in and be capable of that kind of performance for three quarters, even if it was just for three quarters was incredibly encouraging. Um, you're right. End of the day, it's wins and losses, but you know, for me, it was nice to see that the, that, that team has that ceiling mm-hmm. and look, they've been ahead in the fourth quarter against Cincinnati in Cincinnati and against green Bay in green Bay. Um, I don't know that there'll be many other teams the entire year that can say that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really don't want to over-dramatize that the Seahawks suck now because that's just not the case. It's a matter of them capturing what they did and doing it consistently. Um, and, and, you know, you just have to keep grinding and hope they get it. Well, just close games. Close games. And, uh, and, and you're a 4-1 and team right now. You know, probably. Maybe even 5-0, and for God's sakes. Uh, Brian Nemhauser, Hawk Blogger, HawkBlogger.com. You know the name. With us here on the radio show. God, we sound like a couple of crotchety old ladies complaining about the game on Sunday when we got a game <laughs> this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, who the Hawks will see for like the 18th time in the last year and a half. Uh, and they're coming to the clink on uh, on Sunday. Uh, look, I mean, I think before the Bengal game, if you would have put a gun to my head and said, pick a winner in this game, and if you're wrong, I'm going to blow your head off, which is really graphic, by the way, but uh, whatever. I do that all the time with you. Yeah, you get the point. I would have taken Cincinnati. I would have bet on Cincinnati to win the game. The fan in me, obviously one of the Hawks, but the the brain in me would have taken the Bengals. So if they can get the win Sunday, they're right kind of where we were hoping they would be a couple of weeks ago at 3-3 three and three with a very manageable schedule the rest of the way. Uh, this feels like a pretty big-ass game, boy, on Sunday, doesn't it? Yeah, I think a lot of people are taking it for granted. I mean, this I'm is not. a 4-0 team. Yep. Yeah, it's a 4-0 team. Uh, this is a Seahawks team that struggled to beat a, a winless Lions team um, in prime time. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's a huge game. It's a, it, this this definitely feels like a season, 
you know, decide, or you can't lose this game and expect to go anywhere important. Um, I think the Seahawks likely have already lost home field advantage. So I think, you know, if they're going to be getting anywhere they want to go, it's going to be on the road. Right. Um, and the, the one thing I'd say about Carolina, though, is, I don't know, if you look, they have the worst strength of schedule of any team in the NFL. Have yeah. you seen who they've played so far this year? Yeah, Jacksonville, the Texans, the Saints, and Tampa Bay. Yeah, and every one of those games was close other than, you know, you could say the Tampa Bay game was a little bit of a runaway, but that game was close through most of it. So, um, you know, the Seahawks, they got to win this game, and uh, I don't think it'll be easy, but but they certainly um, – <laughs> They're running out of excuses, that's for sure, Dave. Yeah, no doubt about it. And look, you know, it's it's these types of games where everybody looks back and they see these slugfests that the Hawks and Panthers have played. I mean, obviously they put up what? Was it was it 31 in the playoff game a year ago and seven of those came on Cam's pick six off Cam Newton? Uh, that was the first game where the Hawks really had a comfortable lead in the fourth quarter against Carolina in this entire series. And I guess most people are expecting more of the same. I mean, I, I'm not really expecting that at all. I, I'm expecting the Seahawks offense with Marshawn Lynch back in the mix with the offensive line playing what I thought, I agree with Pete, was their best game, if not their second best game behind Green Bay to take another step. And, and I expect a, you know, a nice 24-27 point perfor- performance from the offense on Sunday. How about you? Well, you, know, you realize the Seahawks' offense has not scored more than 17 points yet this year. That's why I'm, I'm hoping, expecting it this weekend. That's why it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Take the I, uh, over. Take the over. Every, think, everybody's betting the under. Take the over. I think that's right. And I think I, I'm bringing that up because, I mean, historically, I've always found that, you know, offense scores, scoring 20 points is kind of a magic number in the NFL. And offense has got to put up 20 points to have you know, a good shot of winning. And the Seahawks offense hasn't done that yet this year. Um, I think that, you know, this, there's a lot of really encouraging things about the way things started coming about um, last week. You get Marshawn Lynch back now. Let's see how that plays out. Yep. And I will say, though, you know, I really respected the way Cam Newton played in the playoffs in CenturyLink last year. I did not think he was capable of it. I thought, other than at the you know, tail end there, he, he made a bad decision, but I thought he handled the noise well. I thought he passed pretty well. He handled third down wonderfully. So, you know, I think they feel pretty confident coming in here, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think that this is going to be a game where the Seahawks get right, and I think uh, it's going to have to come um, with Russell Wilson playing a complete game, and it's going to have to come with them in the fourth quarter playing, you know, playing the way that they have the past few years on offense. No question. All right, great stuff, man, and uh, we will talk soon. Uh, hopefully get a win this weekend and get back to 500 and a chance to get above 500 next Thursday against the 49ers. So good stuff, and we'll talk next week, pal. All right, thanks, Dave. All right, Brian Nemhauser, hawkblogger.com. Find him on Twitter, at hawkblogger. Uh, thanks for coming over to the website to check out the podcast right here on 950 KJR.